This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold and we are... We are number 17 in news commentary in Ireland, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, if you listened to yesterday's episode 105. All right, folks, what we are going to do tonight here in episode 106 is there are a couple of loose ends I need to tie up, and then we are going to review the World Economic Forum uh, June 2022 discussion on central bank digital currency. It's very important. All right. As you know, over the last several episodes, we've been looking at central bank digital currency and universal basic income, uh, mainly from the standpoint of the tech companies that are working on it. We also got into the Joe Biden administration executive order and subsequent papers uh, around central bank digital currency. We got into uh, Consensus, the company that is working with the central banks and the private sector to build a central bank digital currency system on top of the Ethereum network. And so we're going to start getting into the World Economic Forum panel discussion, uh, International Monetary Fund panel discussion, and Bank for International Settlements panel discussion. So I'm going to start to bring the policy wonks and the central bankers into the conversation. And the reason why I am doing this for you, my mere mortal humans out there, my little gold pillars, is because you will only understand and appreciate the big picture if you look at both sides of this policy to move forward with a system of total control, which it is. It's a system that will allow the technocracy to control the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. But you have to look at the tech side because the tech side and the so-called private sector money moving into the tech projects is very, very important because that will show you what the mad scientists are up to, what they're actually building, all right? If the technologists are building it and the so-called private sector investors are investing in it, then it is being built. Now you have to look from the banker side, the bureaucratic side, the governmental side, to see what they're saying 
as far as the policy and the regulations go. And then you'll understand how the two pieces fit together. And then we'll have a fairly clear understanding of what the whole system is going to look like and when it's going to be rolled out. Now, you will see in this World Economic Forum panel discussion from June 26, 2022, a couple of central bankers, and I'll get into the panelists before we get into the video, are talking about a timeline for the European Central Bank digital currency. They also talk about how important the public-private partnership is in all of this. They make the claim that the central bank bankers will bring stability and thus trust to central bank digital currency, while the so-called private sector will bring innovation and the internet technology, the IT infrastructure needed to distribute the CBDC. And so it's important. And we're going to watch the whole thing. At some points, it may sound a bit boring. I will stop it. I will jump in there. I will add some comments and such. But we need to go through all of it. Trust me, we do. And this leads up to my coming discussion with Wide Awake Jim on the research he's doing into the Bank for International Settlements and the carbon credit system and all of that other stuff. Again, we're going to combine our research and then be able to paint a big picture for you guys. Then start to talk about solutions. Now, where we are in our research right now is that I believe that this is coming sooner rather than later. And you're going to hear one of the central bankers tonight talking about rolling out the European CBDC uh, by late. 2026, early 2027, Uh, Jim believes it's going to take a generation. Now, I do not believe Jim is wrong. I believe it will take a generation, uh, maybe not that long, but maybe close to that, for them to have all 194 countries tied into one international CBDC that uh, takes the place completely of fiat cash of paper, money, and coins. That may take a generation, but big chunks of this system are going to be built and it's going to be rolled out much sooner than that. I mean, I'm only going off of the technology that's being built and what the central bankers and the bureaucrats are saying, but it seems to me that they are very giddy. They're very excited. And this is right around the corner. And I don't believe that they have to have all 194 countries tied in to one CBDC for this to work because they're going to allow other forms of money to operate within the system in the earlier phases so you'll see some of that in this panel discussion all right what i want to do first folks before i remind you to leave a five-star review at apple podcasts along with a comment up i just reminded you so please do that Folks, it really does help us. Our numbers truly are growing every day. Uh, But the Apple Podcast comments and the five-star reviews really do help move us up in the ranking. So if you haven't done that, please do so. The other thing is if you'd like to leave a donation, it is the Christmas season. And I would appreciate it because we are spending our own money on software every month, et cetera, et cetera. And we are not uh, fully monetized yet. So if you'd like to do that, it's donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. And the link is in the description. And also think about joining pain.tv slash gold 
um, for $8.58 a month, and you get access to the ad-free video version of my podcast, The Dust and Gold Standard, as well as the Thomas Paine podcast, and you get access to a Facebook-like mobile application and website with a like-minded group of folks that are fans of this show and the Thomas Paine podcast, and you can create groups in there, talk with people, trade information back and forth. I had the first chance in the last couple of weeks, really since William was born, to get in there today and look at all my direct messages. And I want to thank all of you. I started emailing people back, sending me articles and research and such for future shows. I've got three people from the audience that uh, want to come on as guests. I've got a doctor I'm working on as a guest. I've got our doula and midwife. Uh, I've got Farmer Carol. So I have about 10 people right now in the pipeline that are getting ready to come on as guests. So all the people that I've talked to about calling you, I will be calling you over the next couple of days, maybe this weekend. And I just need to do a preliminary call with you, figure out what we're going to talk about, how it fits into the show. And then I will schedule you to come on. So maybe we'll do guest interviews uh, next week, folks. So that's going to be fun. I want guests. I need a little break from just talking. I want to have some conversation with folks and see what you guys bring to the table. All right. What I want to talk about now, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the panel discussion, we brought up the term decentralized, right? Decentralized. That keeps coming up. Now, I've heard the term decentralized bandied about uh, probably for the last almost 10 years from friends of mine, from mainly the libertarian uh, sector of politics, people that were early adopters of cryptocurrencies, people that really believed in Bitcoin. They made a bunch of money off Bitcoin in the beginning, so they were on board with it. And they would always say, this decentralized system is the way of the future. Cryptocurrency and the blockchain is going to break the government. It's going to break the central banks. And as I explained over the last couple of shows, I trickled it in there, folks, that the technologists, the technocrats that have been building these systems, building the cryptocurrency and the blockchain systems, are working with the governments and the banks. All right. The CBDC system largely is being built on top of Ethereum. All right. Ethereum, I covered a couple of episodes ago. You can listen to that. I explain it. But essentially, these technologists are working with the governments and the central banks. They're not there to break it. But anyway, this term decentralized gets thrown around like a bumper sticker slogan. Hey, it's all going to be fair. It's all going to be equitable. We're going to break the banks. We're going to break the big, uh, big, big government uh, because this whole system is decentralized. And so you hear people use the term all the time, decentralized, decentralized, decentralized. And you say, what does that really mean? Well, it means that all the data isn't stored in one location. Well, at which point was all the data stored at one location? So what is a centralized system? Like, is there a giant computer sitting inside of the U.S. Capitol or over at the Treasury or at the Federal Reserve? Was that ever a thing? Like one giant computer where all the information sits and you'd call that centralized? I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Now, for those of you that don't know, that aren't in IT or aren't really techie, you have a server, right? Just think of it like your computer. And so you have whatever, one terabyte of hard drive space on your home computer. 
And so instead of storing all your, I don't know, iPhone photos on your one computer, you have five computers, five servers, and then you store all those iPhone photos across the different servers, right, uh, computers, and that goes up into the internet, and then you pull it back onto your phone. Let's just say that's how you have it set up. Well, that would be called storing it in the cloud, right? That's what the cloud is. Five servers sitting in your basement, goes up to the internet, comes back to your phone. You're pulling the information off the cloud. They would say that that is decentralized because you have the information stored across five computers or five servers instead of just one. If it was all on one server, it'd be centralized. I'm just putting this in very simple terms for you so the way that they talk about blockchain and cryptocurrency is that all the data all the ledgers the smart contracts you know without hitting you with too much tech stuff and bogging you down they say instead of that all being stored on one computer centralized it's stored across multiple computers decentralized So I start asking myself, now for the last 10 years, I knew this was a scam. I've openly talked about it. I knew from common sense and from my gut that it was a scam. They want you to believe when you read articles, we went through a few of them over the last couple of shows, last couple of episodes, where they'll say, you know, it's protected because it's on uh, decentralized servers all around the world. So what does that mean? Does that mean all the people that are part of developing, like the 430,000 developers that develop projects on top of Ethereum, have parts of Ethereum stored at their home computer, and then that's beaming up into the cloud and being assembled up there secretly and then beam back down to everyone else. Does that mean that Hillary Clinton's server that was in her closet, in her kitchen pantry, is that part of this blockchain decentralized network? Uh, is it the uh, Mr. Rogers, you know, from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, his great-great-nephew? Does he have a server at his house? How about me? Does Dustin have a server? Does Mike Moore have one? How about Marie Albanese? Does Wide Awake Jim? Does Legal Man of the Quash? Does VM? Does Bronco? I mean, who has these servers that are decentralized? Where is this data stored? And so when you start to look this up, ladies and gentlemen, Where are the decentralized servers that are part of the blockchain? Or where are the decentralized servers that are part of crypto or part of Bitcoin or part of Ethereum? Where are the secret decentralized servers? Who controls them? Is it China? Is it the United States? Is it Russia? Is it North Korea? Is it Nigeria? The United Kingdom, France, Ireland, Italy, Scotland? I don't know. Where are these so-called decentralized servers? Have I made my point? I hope I have. So it's a mystery where these decentralized servers are located. And what does it all really mean? So I want to open up this discussion tonight with explaining to you where these so-called decentralized servers are located, at least from the standpoint of Ethereum. Because Ethereum is very important. Again, founded by or co-founded by Joseph Lumen, head of consensus, working with the central banks and the private sector partners like Visa, and Vitalak Buterin, who was funded by Peter Thiel to start Ethereum back in 2014. So let's talk about Ethereum, because Ethereum was the focus of the show uh, the last several episodes, because a lot of the CBDC, the central bank digital currency, is being built on top of Ethereum.
So we'll look at these decentralized servers. We'll show you where they're located. And then we'll talk a little bit about the companies that actually have control of the decentralized servers. And then I'm going to get into introducing to you the panelists on the World Economic Forum panel discussion on central bank digital currency. And we will begin to analyze that discussion for you so that we can marry up what the technologists are building with what the bureaucrats and the banksters want built. And we'll be able to start to put together a timeline for you. Ladies and gentlemen, my timeline is this. In about three seconds, I'm going to a short break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. My name is Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne. .tv slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's break this down for you. This is an article I found from October 24th, 2022, and I found some other sources on this as well. I will be uh, delving into this. There's uh, someone I know, I used to go on podcasts with him, uh, who likes to talk about Bitcoin a lot and technology, and I'd like to get him on. He will argue with me. I said I don't really want to turn this into a debate show, but it will be kind of a debate show because I can poke and prod this guy, and he gets heated, and it is quite entertaining. But he will defend this, but I think uh, when I get to the crux of the matter, he's going to get caught in a jam. Because uh, this article here is very important, ladies and gentlemen, very important. All right, this is at thedalesreport.com. This is decentralized, question mark. Most of Ethereum active nodes are hosted on centralized servers. Again, this is from October 24, 2022. It says, despite Bitcoin's popularity as the world's most popular cryptocurrency and one having the highest market capitalization, Ethereum is far more critical to the ongoing development of the Web3 ecosystem. And we know that to be true. We covered that here. Goes on to say, ever since smart contracts started gaining traction for converting traditional contracts into their digital equivalents, the Ethereum network has been the preferred choice for developers and entrepreneurs creating decentralized applications. Those are called D-apps. And more specifically, decentralized finance, DeFi applications. All right, so if you're looking this stuff up, folks, decentralized applications... He's shortened down to lowercase d, capital A, P, 
PPS. So lowercase d apps. And then we went over decentralized finance and past shows. But again, that's uppercase D, lowercase e, uppercase F, lowercase i. So that's DeFi, like Wi-Fi, right? And so you know, too, if we're talking about financial technology, that is shortened up as FinTech, F-I-N-T-E-C-H. All right, it goes on to say, however, crypto analytics platform Masari revealed that more than two-thirds of the Ethereum blockchain's active nodes are being hosted on centralized servers. Now, the crypto world stands divided on its implications for the thousands of crypto and blockchain startups that rely on arguably the world's largest blockchain network. Again, folks, two-thirds of Ethereum blockchain's active nodes are being hosted on centralized servers. Now, this is important. It's very important because, again, we're being sold on this idea of decentralized. Not you and I, but the folks out there, they will say this to you. Like your neighbor who's I don't, a plumber, hardworking guy, I don't know, he owns a 0.0001% of a Bitcoin on his Coinbase wallet, and he'll tell you, hey, man, this is how we're going to break the banks. This stuff is decentralized. It's decentralized. They don't even know what centralized means or decentralized means. They just say decentralized. This is a decentralized, there's a ledger. The government doesn't know about this stuff. Wait, didn't you have to give Coinbase a scan of your ID and your social security number and they told you they were reporting it to the IRS? Yes, you did. It's decentralized. All right, so let me uh, show you this. Now, there's a little chart up here. There was a tweet uh, it says decentralized. The August 15th Masari report on ETH was conveniently ignored by media. 65% of Ethereum nodes are hosted in data centers. And we'll get into this. 50%, 50% on Amazon Web Services. Amazon Web Services becoming more of a hybrid, but still basically a centralized cloud service with outage disruptions across the globe. So Amazon Web Services, we're going to get into this, folks. That's Jeff Bezos, right, who happens to be for universal basic income, amongst other things. He is a technocrat, and he is also a transhumanist. So he's a technocratic transhumanist. So Amazon Web Services, All right, and I've told you before, I think I might have mentioned this in an interview I did with Mike Moore about a month ago on the Thomas Paine podcast when we were talking about how even our own websites and our domain names and stuff are not fully secure from the technocrats because it doesn't matter where you're renting server space, all right, to host your website. So for those of you that don't understand, I'll just break this down because you have to understand what we go through. Uh, and I'm someone who came out of marketing and web development. So you have your domain name. That would be pain.tv, or that would be dustingoldshow.com. Don't go there. It's not up. Or goldstandard.tv. That's not up either. I'm just saying. So you have your domain name. The domain name you'll go buy through a company like, say, GoDaddy. And you go put in uh, dustandgold.com. Oh, it's available. I'll pay $9.99 a year. You're basically renting that. You don't own it, okay? It's being rented through ICANN, which is this internet 
international body. It's just like getting a license plate for your car. You're renting that from the government, all right? When you stop paying, it's done. It goes back out into cyberspace. Your license plate, you have to turn it back in to the DMV, to the state, whatever state you live in. All right, so that's how that works. It's like a phone number. You don't own the phone number to your cell phone or your landline. You're renting that. You're borrowing it. And that's how domain names work. Then when you want to go build a website, so let's say you're going to build it on a, uh, a website builder service like Wix or like Squarespace. So a lot of you small business folks probably have used those services. Well, you don't own that website. You're using Wix or Squarespace to build a site, and then you're pointing your rented domain name over to that website. And that website is built on Squarespace or Wix's platform and it's hosted on their server and then you're paying them 10 15 20 30 dollars a month whatever it may be for that website and the host of tools they allow you to use like say you were going to do an e-commerce store inside their payment processing again that's all owned by those companies that are controlled by the technocrats or if you're going to go build let's say your own website and you're going to use uh, let's say the most popular one wordpress that's called a content management system there's WordPress, there's Drupal, there's Live, developed on all of them. So you're going to download that open source software, and then you're going to upload that to server space that you rent, and that's where you're going to build it. Well, most of these server companies out there are renting space from Amazon or from Google. So basically, your site is on Amazon or Google. So if they want to mess with you and take it down, they can take down your site, they can pull your domain name. So what I'm saying here is now, Ethereum we find out all these so-called decentralized servers are located inside of Amazon Web Services. So they're servers owned by Amazon that's actually housing all this supposedly decentralized uh, data, right? So they have a chart here. It says three uh, cloud providers represent two-thirds of hosted nodes for Ethereum, uh, an SOL majority of node infrastructure is heavily centralized on a handful of large cloud providers. So then there's a chart, Ethereum hosted nodes, and then they have Solana hosted nodes and then Solana total stake weight breakdown. So it's a chart here. Okay. And then you have underneath AWS, Hetzner, OVH, and other. And so then it shows with each of these circle graphs. So let's say Ethereum hosted nodes, 50% is hosted on Amazon Web Services. All right. Then they've got this company, Hetzner, 15%, OVH, 4%. That's a total of 69% hosted on three different company servers, but 50% is hosted on Amazon Web Services. Let's continue. It says, according to the latest data, 66.1% of all active nodes are hosted on third-party servers. More than 54% of them rely on Amazon Web Services, part of Amazon.com Incorporated. Other cloud computing service providers include Hetzner Online, GmbH, Google Cloud, OVH SAS, and Oracle Cloud. So now you've got Google in there and you've got Oracle in there. 
All right, we know who Google is. Many people know who Oracle is. I won't go off on a long tangent. It says, together with Amazon Web Services, they host more than 50% of all Ethereum nodes responsible for handling the network's largest transactional load. While there are 15 other such centralized cloud server providers that cater to an additional 15% of Ethereum's nodes, they remain far less important to the functioning of the Ethereum network with admittedly negligible risk in the event of them shutting down. For a truly decentralized blockchain network like Ethereum that has only recently made a landmark shift in its consensus mechanism, the reliance on cloud servers does put the network at the mercy of these providers and merits the question, can Ethereum claim complete decentralization when more than half of its nodes are hosted using cloud computing services? Blockchain networks and cryptocurrencies are being touted as the future of transacting due to the transfer of power and decision making from centralized entities to wide network of individuals that are governed through the community. It says here, Ethereum, Bitcoin, Solana, and many other blockchains continue to make all efforts to ensure that they provide trustless and tamper-proof transactions through their protocols. But by allowing their nodes to function over cloud servers belonging to behemoths like Amazon, Google, Oracle, and other Web2 companies, they all stand the risk of facing a central point of failure in the event that one or all of these service providers refuse to provide service to their nodes nodes. The chances of such an event happening are slim, but it cannot be completely ruled out since these companies do not enjoy a spotless reputation due to ruthless business practices that they have employed in the past, only to gain a larger share of the marketplace or simply to dominate it. All right. Very interesting. And now they get into this. Can Ethereum handle a mass node shutdown? And this is not as important to what we are discussing here, folks. I'm pointing out that over 50% of these Ethereum nodes, so 50% of the network, is hosted with Amazon Web Services. Yet we have this whole idea that it's somehow decentralized. It's all these individuals. Again, like you're supposed to believe that there are people around the globe that have a server in their house that are running part of the Ethereum network. The other thing is that we're supposed to believe it's leaderless, right? It just happened. It just appeared. It's just there. Okay, well, who lists the Ethereum token ETH over at Coinbase and the other exchanges? Who is deciding on how the server structure works? Who's deciding on who gets to run one of these decentralized servers? Who is renting the server space over at Amazon Web Services, at Google, at Oracle, uh, and these other companies? Who's deciding all this? You can't believe that it's some decentralized, leaderless resistance. Who is running it all? Now, I understand you go buy your tokens, they show up in your Coinbase wallet, but you can't really believe that it's just happening. It's not like when I go out five minutes from my house where they're doing all this new uh, housing development and I see a bunch of blue collar workers climbing up on roofs, putting on shingles, putting up sheetrock, putting up Tyvek, putting in insulation, installing uh, uh, appliances, doing landscaping. 
that someone's going to tell me, well, it's decentralized. Nobody runs that. It just happens. It's just a bunch of individual people building these giant housing complexes and these new subdivisions and millions of freaking townhomes everywhere. It's decentralized. No one runs it. No one's in control. They just show up at work and the whole system just runs. That is complete and total rubbish, folks. A complete and total lie. So, what I want to show you when we come back, and many of you may know this, but I just want to refresh your memory in case you don't, uh, or in case you do and maybe you forgot, I want to show you what Amazon Web Services and Google and the rest of these folks are up to, and then you will understand why all of this information from Ethereum that is quickly becoming the backbone of central bank digital currency, controlled by the central bankers and being set up by the technologists, the same technologists, by the way, that are on board with the central banks and working with the government every single day. It's one giant system. There is no one who is fighting back against the state or against the bankers. They all work for the state and they all work for the bankers. I'll show you that when we come back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 